0: What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production!
1: All aboard! I brought my pencil. What do you wanna do with Walk on home, boy. Do me. Yeah! Like you're having to like you did before. Make it ring, make it play,
0: make it play. What's up, Tutorinos? Welcome back to Rank em All, or should I say, hello, Well, (laughs) we're here covering Ah, Van Halen once again, 5150. We have arrived to the post-David Lee Roth era, to the second era of the band, if you will. And joining me here once today, I I am one of your gracious uh, rankers and hosts, Brando. And, of course, joining me is the podfather, Nate Phillips.
1: I am fucking back ah you guys won't know this because in the pantheon of these releasing it's going to seem like no time has passed one week for the release and record of this it's what been like a month realistically a month and a half somewhere oh, around then. april nuh-uh yeah no fucking way yeah wow yeah okay you know what's weird though mm. weirdly enough this happened at about the halfway point of metallica too kind of yeah it's very strange. It was not at all planned. This no. is just uh work smacked me with its long hairy balls and <laughs> <laughs> well
0: the the irony
1: is is
0: that I've been podcasting with you uh collectively since 2014 r- yes. roughly, you know. Since that time uh, the one who hasn't had the scheduling problems ever Until 2021, seven years later,
1: is you. It's always been
0: other people.
1: (laughs) And this becomes, you know what? When you become the most reliable chain in the link, you then become the most reliable chain in the link. So let's say I'm at work. One of the last times we had talked about possibly doing a show, I'm just beat bopping along thinking my day's about to be over. Nope, you're staying till close because one of our soups just left for the day because they're sick. Mm. (laughs) Well, I don't get to just fucking leave. I don't get to just say, hey, I don't feel well. I'm not going to close tonight. I'm always there closing, always there opening, always there working until they give me days off. And even still, I'm there. I I had to fucking go in on my first day off in this little three-day patch of days off I had here because of what? A work meeting. Do you know what that meeting could have been tied to? An email. It could have been a fucking email. That was the whole (laughs) thing. could have just sent me an email. I would have been much happier. Anyways, um, we're back. We're also joined by our fellow ranker, Mr. Joe Grimes. Welcome back.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? It's been going all right, man. And uh, as far as the rankings and everything, you know, I've had this album ranked since the day we recorded 1984. Okay same, yeah. because we were yeah. we we were originally going to try and do it that day and yeah. Um, yeah. it didn't pan out so I've yeah. had to go back and re-listen to this and even in some cases adjust ranks because, because that's what happens you know same here yeah that, that's what happens uh when you listen to something again later on so like you know th- that 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 is a downside to listening to something for the first time or or just a few times and giving it a rank whereas like later on you might feel different about it. So um yeah. Whereas Metallica, you know, I know for Nate and myself, we know that discography back and forth, we we we've, we've been listening to it for like 10 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's easy to rank that and give a definitive thumbs up. This is what this is. Yeah. When you're listening to something like Van Halen for us, when you're diving into the weeds, not the big hits, not the everything that you knows, but the weeds. And you hear yeah. something and you're like, I didn't care for this the first time. Maybe the seventh time you do. But typically, typically, why would you listen to something seven times if you didn't care for it the first four? Or, or five or six? But anyways, yeah. I digress. This is 5150. This is the follow-up to the biggest album of almost all time in rock, 1984. As shown by by Joe's rank of, of 1984, so far, in the entirety of our podcast of the Metallica of B- Between the Buried and Me, no one has given every single track a ten until 1984.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, okay. 1984 did not go number one. Did you guys know that? I think we did talked about
1: it. That. It got uh, Thriller was
0: Thriller was number. Oh, one. It came out. Right. It came out right time as, as a Thriller. Thriller, of course, is the biggest album of all time. Of of any genre, it doesn't. It, it, it that that album crosses genres. It, it, it is truly lightning in a bottle. And Van Halen had their own lightning in a bottle with eighty four. Had Thriller not released, it would have been eighty four. Eighty four would have been number one all day. Yeah. However, fifty one fifty was their
1: first number one. It did go to number one. Mm-hmm. and but actually let me say one thing in the fact that it didn't go number one because this is an important sidebar that is like huge in the future of um music thriller going number one and a- 1984 not going number one actually set eddie van halen and van halen as a band up later to help utilize michael jackson to springboard their careers even further when Eddie would go on to do the solo for, I do believe it was Billy Jean, right? Beat it. Who did that? It was Beat It. Thank you. It was one of those beat two. It. it was one of the yeah, Bs. Yeah. Billy yeah. Jean beat okay. it. Okay, so think about to.
0: it. Think about it. Eddie was on a number one record, and then he was on the number two record at the same time. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. But for 5150, Van Halen, as a band, did it themselves. This is also the first album with their new lead singer. David Lee Roth is gone. He's doing his own thing. He, (laughs) we have some interesting. uh, uh, I while while we were waiting to be on the air here, I I was I was reading some some of the um some some of the reviews and there were some some interesting, uh things that says um, uh, video star David Lee Roth, interesting way to put that. Video star, yeah, has given way to one of the biggest schmucks in the known business. So, uh. you, okay. So David David, David Lee Roth is gone. They're they, they are Sands a lead singer, and they're, they and they need a new guy. And so Eddie takes to the
1: Montrose.
0: Yeah, Eddie went and got his Lamborghini worked on. See, they're doing well enough. He's got a Lamborghini. So uh, yeah. you know, yeah. we we may have been critical of some of these albums that prior to '84. You know, uh, after their debut album, and then well, what? two? And then you know, some of those other ones that were in between. It kind of like it kind of did this kind of motion. It did not do a damn thing to hinder their success. They, mm-hmm. and what's interesting is that you. And, and it's been a few months, so excuse me if I'm just retreading water here. There's a definite vibe change from the '70s into the '80s. This band, this band specifically, but also just in general, rock and music in overall, because in the seventies it was more jam, it was more experimental, uh, quick releases. Musicians were smoking a lot of weed as opposed to doing a lot of
1: coke is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, probably. But I mean, a lot of partying, you know, Van Halen was that party band. They, they had a lot of covers. Mm-hmm. You know, they always put a yeah. cover on, on on each album and they did an album that was a lot of covers. And yeah. that's just where they were formed. I mean, that's that that's always been a part of their DNA, whether you like that or not. And, you know, now after 84, a lot of money. Eddie buys a Lamborghini. He's getting it worked on, and, and his, his mechanic's like, "So how's you know? So how's tricks? You know How, how's that how's that lead singer search going?" And he's like, ah, you ain't got one, man." And he's like, "Hey, I know a guy. I, I work on his Lamborghini." Go away, kid. I'm talking about Van Halen. Um, got kid knocking on my door. Um, <laughs> so that he gets hooked up with Montrose uh, lead singer and now also solo artist Sammy Hagar. And well, don't Sammy's okay. You don't have to cry about it. Sammy's all right. Uh, so <laughs> Eddie knew Sammy, uh, but but they never really hung out and knew each other. Like they knew of each other, and they clicked. Yeah. They met and they clicked, and uh, the job the job offer was there. And fifty one fifty was also Sammy's first number one.
1: And he had had a lot of close calls, too. I mean, he had Mm -hmm. a lot of great singles in his singles run. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, so, but but the reception of that, even among uh, people who didn't like David Lee Roth, were like, what? Sammy Hagar is the new lead singer of Van Halen? And what's interesting is that now, you know, all these years later looking back, I don't think a lot of people really question that. I mean, there is the argument. Are you Van Halen or Van Hagar? You know, which one do you like better? And I think it's going to be very telling after we get done ranking
1: where we stand. Yeah. Um, so I should just tell you guys all my songs are tens for this album? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding. Uh, Let's get back to
2: reality for a second. No.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Joe, you're the one who smashed reality yeah. with your Infinity Stones of tens. I know. I know.
2: Tens. I was like, uh, yeah, whoops. Uh,
0: But no 5150 was kind of like It was You know Did it go number one because Of The How strong this album was or did it go number one Based off what preceded it I think it's a mixture of both I definitely think after you Had a monster hit like 1984 The anticipation was there For what would come next from the band yeah. And, and
1: the fact that it's a new singer, the mm-hmm. anticipation almost doubles because it's like, what are they going to do? What is this sound going to be? Is this going to yeah. be a yes. entire departure from what we have known as Van Halen? Or are we going to get more of the same? And it's funny because really jumping into that first track, it's kind of like, hey, here's more of the same, baby. But not really. And I love that. And that's and that's a we'll we'll, you know, we'll get back to that in a second. But I will say this is like a thought that I want to just say here because you're going to hear this theme throughout. And I don't want to just be a broken record on this episode. Uh, This album is where the boys became men. And what do I mean by that? The themes, realistically, a lot go from the party life and just getting girls, hooking up, doing whatever, drugs, blah, 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 going on, living your life, to now more serious themes of like, hey, I, I'm i connecting with this person, but why isn't this, quote, unquote, the thing that we call love or, or, or other um, feelings of love and emotion? And they really explode with that. And I think it's something that shows not only the maturity of the band – but the maturity that they were hoping their fans were going to join them in because of, well, they're getting older. And that's really all this comes down to, maturity.
0: So according to Sammy, uh, he he had a quote saying, this album went platinum in one week. Wow. And it it was the fastest million-selling record in Warner Brothers history. Wow. So much that... Warner Brothers was very now they were like here's another smash hit from Van Halen. And uh many, you know, many called this new incarnation Van Hagar. And according to Hagar in his book, Warner Brothers asked them to consider renaming the band Van Hagar. Oh wow. And Eddie and Alex declined. Like, nah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which would have been interesting but like i i don't think it needs to be because i feel yeah. like you already have that legacy like mm-hmm. why exactly
2: the only, change, the only thing changing is
1: is the singer you know what i mean right when realistically ah. you have the level of talent of the musicians, yes, you're absolutely right. right.
0: Th- that right. would be like Aero Smith changing their name to Aero Jones, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, let me say another band that uh, while the argument works here that the musicians were great, so it doesn't matter who the lead singer is. My shirt is a totally different story.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: well, just yeah.
1: saying, because that and, and maybe someday we'll rank those, which would be in and of itself interesting. But that is a situation where the lead singer being replaced totally maybe changed the course of music history. But anyways,
0: but also like in, in that in that case, just like with Van Halen, I mean, they've had three different lead singers, too, right? Technically, yeah. technically. So then, like you have like you know Danzig, and then you had uh, Graves, and then Jerry. And, Jerry's things, yeah. And then so like like you have different fans that are like oh, this is still Misfits, and then other people like this is not Misfits anymore. And then it's like, well, it's like, but it it's all a part of the same legacy, you know. It, it's all part of the same journey. You have the beginning part. You you, you know Van Halen. It, it's funny how that kind of like it's not the same, but it mirrors. In in some respects, because it's just a variant, bro. It is a variant, uh, for sure. And and I mean, in I don't know if the TVA has gone and like you know killed off the Graves era, but I mean, oh. I, I hope not. <laughs> 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 they pruned them from looking time. <laughs> I hope they didn't prune the Graves era because well, there's some songs I like in the Graves era. I mean, well, the Graves era you know, songs
1: are great, but maybe they pruned Graves.
0: <laughs> uh... <laughs> look at uh
2: Look at how Kiss is doing things. It's going to be to the point where there's not going to be any original members of Kiss left, but it's just going to become their own tribute act.
1: That is true, and 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 that had been talked about. We're kind of tangenting here, but that had been talked about with Kiss for a long time. Mm-hmm. Of like we can keep the cog going forever. I, I remember Gene Simmons in like the late nineties yep. saying we are all replaceable. It's just songs. And then if you right. keep the heart of the band there long after we're gone, then it's mm-hmm. still kiss, isn't it? It becomes yeah.
0: characters and not just people. Which become yeah.
1: bigger than the people.
0: Yeah. And, and to be fair, when you have a band like kiss and you, uh, with the face paint and everything, you do dehumanize, Exactly. Uh that to an extent, so much that the newer members I can't even remember their names, so uh I'm not a huge kiss guy. But Tommy like
1: Tommy one of them. Yeah, yeah, Tommy, Tommy Thayer. Thayer. Eric Stinger. Eric yeah, Eric's, But like Eric,
0: they yeah, they, they, they they were the face paint of Ace Freely right. and Peter Chris. Even though yes. they're not Ace Freely and Peter Chris. They were they're they're, oh,
1: they're the cat and star man. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, oh, cool.
0: The cat and the star man are still in the band, they're just not yeah. Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. Yeah. You know, and well, I saw you,
2: to be fair, to be fair, Ace Frehley and Peter Chris probably can't remember being in the band, <laughs> let alone where they are right
0: now. Well to, <laughs> I
1: don't know, I think I just saw Ace on an interview recently and he was in really good standings. He's real sharp. Well, really. um uh, yeah, he's off drugs and shit, man.
0: Paul Stanley, oh, wow. you know, they asked Paul Stanley, um with this Wrap up tour that they're finally. <laughs> how many re- re- uh, retirement?
1: Tours? I saw them on their farewell tour in two thousand. It was my first concert. <laughs> how are they still feel we- feel Well, how are they still saying farewell twenty one years later? I uh, do not understand. Well, how many farewell uh, tours the Stones have? I mean, like, come on, like. Okay.
0: True. I mean, it, it's all marketing, but you know, they asked. You know, is there any way that Ace and Peter could be involved? He goes, I'd be open to it. You know, yeah. m- maybe not for like a full run. I'm not sure if they could do it. He goes, but look, he's like, you can't have the beginning of Kiss without Ace and Peter. He goes, but yeah. but the band cannot continue past that with Ace and Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we could not do that. So, it, yeah. to be fair, and it, could the band, could Van Halen, could, could they have continued with David Lee Roth? Maybe, maybe not, because it feels like Dave's ego was maybe getting a little bit too big for his britches. He was becoming his own superstar, whether or not, whether, we weren't, uh, this age in the '80s to see this uh, verbatim. I remember right. watching a video, and it was a behind the a backstage stuff from I believe it was the '86 uh, MTV Video Music Awards. A lot, and Eddie Murphy host. It was a big show, and Van Halen was there with Sammy, and Dave was there. By himself and Dave was Doing his Dave thing oh man It's a good show you know, like, All the right people won Everybody's chill and Happy and then you have The interview with Van Halen and Alex Says something very telling And I Man this was a shot
2: I think I remember seeing this but yeah Go ahead and I, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was
0: Alex says you're looking at The real Van Halen the other one Was just a practice run Whoa! Wow! Yeah, the, they were not good with Dave at this time.
1: Well, and let me say that 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 and uh, I've always he said that on stage, this. right?
0: No, no, like it was behind, I was it was, it, like it, like, like it was backstage, okay. but it was okay. on camera.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, my thing is though is think about a different perspective of being two brothers in a band. You have a lot of weight and power. You want to talk about ego? Those two brothers carried a quote unquote ego. They were the Van Halen brothers. A- absolutely, it's not one ego. It's two egos. So then you had them and their ideology of what the music can be, where we need to go. The fact that maybe Van Halen needs to grow up and not write all about drugs and pussy, to, and not to say that they were ever directly about that. Obviously, it was all subtle. But the the mindset of people looking in, right? Yeah. And it's time to evolve. And maybe Dave is egotistical and going, No man, we need to cash in another eight another we we need to do nineteen eighty four too, you know, or whatever. Well and, and them going, No, we need to not do that. And guess what? Now you have two philosophies and only the one thing is gonna win is the name that named the band. Yeah.
0: To be fair it's,
1: it's not called Lee Roth. Yeah. It's
0: called Van Halen. <laughs> to be fair, it's almost the opposite because Dave was pushing back against the eighty four uh synth push. You know, he didn't want that. He wanted more of the old school rock and roll and the bluesy stuff. When you listen to that stuff that we've already ranked, uh, I, I feel Dave is at his best when he's doing that kind of bluesy rock and roll stuff like that. And and it, it lets his character kind of come across. Whereas, Extreme like, Man is one of the best. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Ice yeah. Cream Man Ice is cream. one of the best of uh, that example. And then the women and children first. It's like it's silly, it's swingy, but it's very Dave and, and well, like, at
1: you. It's vaudeville.
0: It, yeah, it's vaudeville, just vaudeville. like we've said.
1: Vaudeville.
0: And but then here's like, you know, you know, so then here's Eddie going, Man, I wanna play the keys, I play the piano, and Dave's not really about that. What what's hilarious is that there's a song that David Lee Roth does on his own that I thought was Van Halen for the longest time. Just like living in paradise. I was going to say, paradise.
2: Yep. just like paradise. Yeah.
0: When I was a kid, I heard it on the radio, I'm like, oh, that's Van Halen because it's David Lee Roth. And the yeah. music sounds very Van Halen-y. Yep. Come to find out, that's just Dave. So... It, I remember the music video for that. I mm-hmm. used to... Like,
2: my brother was a big Eddie guy and a big Steve Vai guy, but I remember seeing the music video for that. I was like, that's not Eddie. Like, no. <laughs> Like I and I would get like upset, like,
0: why is he not playing with Eddie? <laughs> like but, and see like but that's like so you can see where like they like they they were deviating, but a lot of that magic was still there. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting. But here we are with fifty one fifty. Sammy Hagar, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, and Michael Anthony are in the band. All the songs are written by them. There is no cover on this album. Nope. And also gone is the producer, Ted Templeman. Who who had produced every album prior to this, he left to produce David Lee Roth's solo "Eat Him and Smile."
1: Okay, mm, is that a shot at Van Halen?
0: Uh, well, the uh, from what I understand, yeah, the original title for the album is going to be "Eat Me and Smile," but then the they they wouldn't let him uh t- title that, so so he, so he changed it to "Eat Him and Smile," and then. The next album title from Van Halen is a response to that.
1: Oh, you ate one, too. Oh, God. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. it it's a response, but also I guess Sammy saw that on the back of a food truck. It was like a license plate, and he thought that was funny. Ow. So that's what they it went with. Uh, Templeman would come back to to produce Van Halen's uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, which is a couple albums from now. Fuck. Um. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh Don Landy took over for producing and they also brought in uh Mick Jones from Foreigner, guitarist from Foreigner to produce okay. as well. And uh before we get into right into ranking the tracks, I know we've been kind of like uh filibustering here for a minute. <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> Yes, on the floors of Congress we're filibustering about Van Hagarland. Garland.
0: Well, hey, you will. Yeah, Van I mean
1: Garland.
0: When they went on the tour, Uh, Sammy wasn't comfortable singing some of the David written songs Mm -hmm. so uh, that was the I believe that was the Without a Net uh, DVD era when they did that Um, and also there's a clip of that in the intro of the video version of this (laughs) little little quick clip of that Um, so basically the shows consisted of the entire 5150 album and a few Hagar hits I Can't Drive 55 There's Only One Way to Rock and a cover is Led Zeppelin's "Rock and Roll," and uh, the band also played a humorous verse of Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love." Ah, um, as part of "Best of Both Worlds" of the Roth era tracks, he played "Panama," "Ain't Talking About Love," and "You Really Got Me." Um, and also Hagar was also like a you you know played played play, play he uh, he would play rhythm, like rhythm guitar, so like it would allow uh, that, Eddie that to switch it would allow Eddie to switch to the keys uh <laughs> more more fluidly live but we have arrived are you ready um we've already said it went number 1 how many albums do you guys think this thing sold
1: roughly 17 mil
0: well um you might be overshooting it there just a little bit
1: all time uh, though really ah uh, well um across it, it, all countries i i'm i'm talking broad scope as of right now okay
0: from what, uh, from what, from what we could tell, the major, it, 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 like it certified six times platinum, six million records in the United States. Okay. And then platinum means different things in other countries. Like, uh, platinum in Canada is only a hundred thousand. I guess those Eskimos and, and um uh the natives and the uh, those and those Canucks up there, I, I I think their CD players uh might might frost over and they don't really sell as many records, um. <laughs> they got avalanches that causes the records to skip. I don't know. Um oh, also very note noteworthy that the the next album actually has a bonus track that is only available on the CD at that time. Yep. Um which to me tells you that after 86 we start getting into the era where CD players are more affordable. So then they're trying to push the CD format, which is why the vinyl and tape version of oua 12 has an extra track on it. Anyways, we are here. We are here to rank. And we're, 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 we're going to find out if this album is, in fact, good enough to be the sequel ah. to 1984. And the opening track, Good Enough, Starts off with the, hello, baby. Just like Nick said, it's kind of the same silliness, but it's very apparent that the sound has changed. Mm-hmm. It's starting to sound like the modern Van Halen that we know. There's, there, there, there's like little vocal hints of David Lee Roth still lingering, but it's not as over the top. It's not as vaudeville. There's obviously that there's a new guy behind the mic. And honestly, to me, you're going to hear me say this again on more tracks. It sounds more fluid. It sounds more straightforward. And I'm interested I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. And I'm starting with Joe. I I actually really like how this started off. Um
2: you know like it, it was Van Halen but like you know Nate was talking about like a more mature, more rockish, you know, Van Halen and we you know we gotta look at that this was almost ten years since their first album yeah so like everybody that started listening to this is damn you're 10 years older. so they're kind of growing with the crowd i thought it was a great way to start off i love the song the only thing i didn't care for is like after the part with the waitress like oh, i'll have some of that you know the 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 vocal breakdown there that i think that part kind of just i it didn't didn't mesh well for me i don't know what it was it was just weird like it didn't need to be there um, anything else could have been there. They could have just done another solo or or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, <laughs> but overall, like no, I really like how that's uh, how you come in strong with that first uh, first song. It was really good.
0: How about you, Nate?
1: You know, uh, I think this song is got a couple things going on. First of all, they play on Dave a little bit there with the Hello Baby because it you could. Not paying attention, put this into your cassette and be like, D- Dave didn't leave, what? And then be smacked with this totally different vocal style. Mm-hmm. But also, the first track kind of saying, you know, we've done something great, but is this going to be quote unquote good enough? Maybe not in the lyrics itself, but more in it to me first songs are always a statement in one way or another either lyrically what you're saying is what you're trying to get across for the whole vibe of your album either the title of the track has something to say about where your headspace is or you know if it's a title track in and of itself you really wanted to you know talk about it but i love the guitar work in this song i think there's some bounciness with eddie playing where it seems like he is really tuned in and having fun I will say this is, in my opinion, one of the few songs that the guitar work is nearly identical in tone to 1984. This song could have very well been done with uh, David Lee Roth in 1984, and it would have just fit right along uh, because it kind of has that vibe. Um, To talk quickly about the rank, uh, while I enjoy bits and pieces of this song, this is to me uh one of the low points of the whole album um i don't think it's it, not a bad song but i think there could have been other songs that you could have started off with that maybe would have got across hey we're a totally different band now we're not playing in this bullshit and then slip this later in the album where people are like oh there's some classic van halen like cool we're we're moving on but they have some touches on themselves that's nice uh so ultimately i gave this tune a 6.5 Six
0: point five from Nate. Nate, I actually agree with you. I actually have two other songs for different reasons that I would select to kind of open the record, uh, other than "Hello Baby." Me too. <laughs> um, but Joe, what's your rank, bud?
2: Uh, I did a seven point five.
0: Seven point five. I met you guys right in the middle. Seven. Seven point two five. Oh. Ah. Mm-hmm. Seven point two five for good enough. Um, I also didn't mention I forgot to mention there were four singles um, from
1: this see, that's what let I me see if I them. can name them without knowing I'm just going to guess them so why can't this be love obviously love walks in obviously dreams and best of both worlds you got them man
0: all of them but and not
1: surprisingly those summer nights should have been one of them
0: uh, so see... well go ahead Joe
1: yeah, that's actually that's
2: when I looked it up. There's, yeah, uh, it says, it, it, is it a different? Is, is our singles released different in different like countries or? That could be um, because it has. Why can't this be love or and get up? It has dreams and inside. Has yeah, love walks in. And summer nights.
0: Yeah, summer like, nights I'm... is the B side for what uh, for love walks in. Uh, okay, and then best of both worlds did not have a B side according to this. Um. So, this album was recorded from November 85 to February of 86, and it released in, at the end of March in 86. That's crazy. Like, yeah. It released Very
1: in, little post-production.
0: And, um, and not to this album's detriment, I don't think. I, I don't think sonically like, it hurt this album at all. No. Uh, one month prior to, to, to its release in February 26th, 86, was the single Why Can't This Be Love. Was released, which is track two, and this is this is a classic. When I think of Van Halen, this is one of the songs I think of. Other, you know, not not with the you know jump and hot for teacher and and uh, running with the devil. This song's up there with them Mm -hmm. uh, for me. This is uh, honestly, in my opinion, the essential Hagar single with Van Halen. Maybe there's you know. Uh this helped build the new era of the band. And 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 then of course kinda like a ballady thing. I think this song is damn near perfect. Um the, the there's one part of the song I don't like and I almost docked at points for it. The scatting? The, the doo 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 do doing that with the guitar. I don't like that part. I feel like it could have just been the guitar and it would have sounded better than uh, other than Sammy trying to match it. But I kind of like that part. <laughs> I I yeah. I I predicted last night when I was re-listening to this I'm like, "Man, I I still don't like that part, but I bet Joe Will it would be mm-hmm. interesting to see what he <laughs> says. But yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go to Nate on the next on this one. What do you got to say about why can't this be love?
1: First of all, this is like genuinely in the entirety of my life, one of the first songs I remember ever hearing. Like I was very little. My parents listened to a lot of rock and a lot of rock was Van Halen in my house. It was Van Halen, Kiss and Warrant were really the big three. And I know that's a really fucking weird combo, but that's what it was, you know, that kind of, that's who I am now, you know? So, uh, but like this song is interesting because very emotional, the mm-hmm. the lyrical content is very real and raw and like i'm trying to connect with this person it's got everything the chemistry is there but it's not there it's like the it's like a classic uh, version of friend zoned before friend zoned was a thing this whole song is about being friend zoned you know but, <laughs> but uh but it also has some really dope metal beats when it when it comes in with the later solos and he's squealing and then there's also the breakdown like it gets it and that's why this song has the potential to be their greatest work but i don't necessarily think it is their greatest work uh because again it's the first album with van halen with van hagar doing his thing you can't give everything a perfect right out the gate it's just really difficult to do um but I really, really love this track. I think that everything about it's awesome. Joe.
2: I, this is actually the, not the first Van Halen song, you know, I've ever heard, not the first one. I always think about this. This was actually the first song I'd heard Sammy do with the band. Um, I really love this song and you're talking about the vocal breakdown. You'd rather just have the guitar part without Sammy singing over it. I think it, I think it just adds something to it. Um, not like a lot, but just that nice little touch. But for me, like Sammy's vocals, when he holds that, uh, that last, why can't this be? And then he has that long love and his, like, he just goes like way. He doesn't have to go like screaming high, like, you mm-hmm. know, like Sammy weighs, you know, the whole like I said, we went from ha ah, to ha, ah, you know he, <laughs> he doesn't you know, but just that when he hits that last love note, I' mean like he just nails it, you know, it's like it's got that raw sound to it with but still sounding like uh like like a hard tone, but not like delicate but still- you know what I mean, sure, um, but yeah, no, just a solid song, man, um, like classic like you're saying, classic van Halen van Hagar, oops. <laughs> Um, but no, man. Yeah, I, solid, very solid song.
0: What'd you rank it, Joe? I gave it an eight. An eight. How about you, Nate? Nine point two five. Nine point two five. I gave it a nine five. Okay. Give it a nine five. Uh, the next song. Get up, get on up. Okay, not that one. But um, this song, I feel had a, it has a lot of high energy. Has a really All cool right. riff. The timing is a bit weird, but not uncommon for Van Halen. To kind of like, you're sitting there and it takes you a second to kind of like get the flow of it. And due to the energy alone, I kind of wish like this is one of the songs I wish would have started the record. Get up. Yes. It's very high energy. It's in your face. It's like, whoa, all right, this is Van Halen. Now, it almost has the same issue as the opening track does, where it's like, it still kind of sounds like old Van Halen. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. The other track that I would have possibly start would be the introduction of a new era. But I feel like this song, while it does sound like it sonically, it sounds like old Van Halen. Obviously, vocally, uh, Sammy definitely comes across as I don't know more focused. You know, we always said that that David Lee Roth part of his appeal was his uh, his character and the way that he would sing songs. But when you would get him on a, like in a in a mode where he was like more focused and less all over the place with his uh, gyrations or or uh, deviations, uh, I believe one of the songs from '84. Trying to, I'm trying to remember which song it was. It was like near the end of the album. It's that one that was written co-written by uh, Michael McDonald. Uh,
1: I know the. Uh, 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 um, I know
0: it, it's been a while since we covered. That. <laughs>
2: Oh, I got
0: my like. I got it right here. I got it right here. Um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll wait. Yeah, you know, I'll wait on eighty four. Is such a departure vocally for David Lee Roth compared to the rest of the album? Because cause in Jump you have him going, Hey you, hey who said that, baby? How you been? And then you got Hot for Teacher, him with him talking before the verses. Hey, we're back. I brought my pencil. <laughs> See, and that stuff's funny. And it's it's entertaining, but when you get in more focus, it's like all right, this is a song. We are we, we are servicing the song here, not just having fun. And I feel like Sammy brings that
1: across this entire album. He is le- he is the epitome of less is more. You fuck, <laughs> joke him if you
0: can't take a fuck. Also that also. Um, we'll go to Joe uh, to talk next about get on up, get up.
2: I'll tell you, man, uh, this song, I mean, for, from the get-go, like what you're saying, I, I I, think this should have been the initial, like the, the first track, maybe like literally swap the two out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is like, it's balls to the wall, it's drivey. Um, I really like the start of this. Uh, like I was trying to think, like I, I had to go back and listen and listen, listen, re-listen to this. I'm, I'm trying to pick out what he does with the guitar in the beginning, whether he's using a slide or if that's just a whammy bar. You know what I mean? You know, like so I'm either picturing like him just cranking the crap out of that whammy more damn near breaking it or or using a slide, but I love that sound. You know what I mean? You do you just have I, I use I say the word raw like so much, but like that's what you get that raw tone mixing with the slide or the whammy, it, it's freaking gold. Um and this song is just so solid. Like I said, this is the thing I wish they would have started off with. And he said, "It still—I I can see what you're saying. It still sounds, uh, you know, Roth era esque, uh, but it's not like the vaudeville type." No, <laughs> no, Roth-esque,
0: no, you know no. I mean? Not at all. And and this album uh, isn't like it is a progression, you know. And and we've honestly been no- been noticing that from everything, for, you know. Coming from fair, you, you hints of it in fair warning and then diver down 84, 5150. Mm-hmm. There is a progression of them moving towards a more polished and, dare I say, commercialized sound. Mm-hmm. They are like, hey, we can still be Van Halen and we're selling all these records, but we can still be more radio friendly than what we have been. True. The
2: problem, if you think too, if you want to, you don't want to like, you, you don't want to have like a drop off from the shallow end to the deep end. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You want to have like that progression. You still, I'm, I'm like, we were talking about, I'm sure there's fans that were pissed off they went with a new singer. Yeah. Like, oh, no, this is bull crap. But then if you still have that same sound, you can just kind of ease them into like, oh, see, look, we're still the same band.
0: And that's why I feel like they definitely succeeded on this album by having a little bit of a mixture of where they're going versus what they have been, exactly. where they're, or more probably more accurate, where they're at. Yeah. Um not just where we have and and, and and where we're going. But what I will say is that when you have something that's more focused and more driven uh towards a more commercialized sound, you do lose and you know, having ranked this album and also the next one that we'll talk about uh next time, you lose some of those um weird little nuggets of awesomeness that were off the wall stuff that we have already talked about. Big Bad Bill and Ice Cream Man and uh, Little Dreamer is stuff like that from the other albums that were like, wow, I I never heard this or I've heard it once and like, this is way better than I ever thought it was. Mm-hmm. That is one of the caveats that you get when you deviate and it, overall the band and this album, I'm just going to put this uh, footnote in here, it's a lot less eclectic. So, uh, yeah, we'll go to Nate. What do you think about Get Up?
1: Um, I think it's a popping little jam i do agree it could have started the album i think it's got a lot of energy and a lot of aggression um it's still playful and fun and Mm -hmm. van halen which is good uh really though if i'm just being honest like i've jammed this album a couple few times i forget this song is even a part of the album it's really hard for me to like i'm just like oh yeah that is on that is on this one. There are so many better songs, no offense. Mm-hmm. But it just it definitely gets buried in the lead there. So mm-hmm. uh get up decent. I gave it a six point seven five.
0: How about you, Joe?
1: I I actually
2: gave this one a nine.
0: Nine? No, Joe really liking this one.
2: I I did I really dug this
0: song. Uh I gave it a seven point seven five. So I I think it's a little bit of an improvement from the opening track, and I, I do agree with Joe that you could have swapped them. Mm-hmm. Um easily. Coming up next is another single. Another single from the band. The second single released in May of 86, Dreams. I only have two notes for this song. Okay. The first one is Jump 2.0. Okay.
1: Definitely. Light, light, jump light 2.0. Yeah,
0: jump light. I'm not saying it's better than jump. Nope. I, I don't think you can get better than jump. As far as if you're doing a a synth rock thing, I think this is more focused, sure. But I don't think it captures that same magic quite as much. Mm -hmm. The second thing I have, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg here. But I swear this song could be a 1980s TV sitcom theme song. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. Early. So back in February and March, I turned on Hulu one day, and out of the blue, out of the frickin' blue, it suggests Perfect Strangers to me, and that's a 1980s theme song that was the precursor to Family Matters. In fact, that was Family, family Matters is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, and as a kid, a little tyke, we would watch TGIF prior to family matter. And we watched perfect strangers. I remember being a little kid liking Alf and Balky. And I don't remember watching, I don't remember anything of it. I was too young, but you have pictures of me being a little tyke and that being on TV. So I'm like, I got to watch some of this. So I did. And that intro is just amazing. <laughs> and it's very dreams esque when we're off air. I want to be able to screen share with you guys and play the intro because it's not entirely. But when you're like sitting there and you're listening to it and you're listening to the ebbs and flows of, of how the song goes. And then you get to the ending part because in dreams, hi, and I can't sing. But and then you get standing tall on the wings of my dreams. OK. That's
2: been a minute since I've heard that. but yeah.
0: I am just saying, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure this came out <laughs> in, in March of 86. Perfect Strangers came out in September of 86. There could have been some, like, hey, that Van Halen single that came out, we need to make a mm-hmm. theme song that's similar to that. So, Van Halen could have been had a new job writing tv sitcom theme songs i'm just saying cuz then after that a lot of other theme songs <laughs> were were very similar uh to that having the hooks and everything but that's what yeah. i got to say about dreams i know what i know what you guys are going to say about it because um we were 90s kids we were born in the 80s so therefore in all fairness we our adolescence was in the 90s uh we we were all born I what uh, Joe you were born in 84 85 84 yeah. I was born in 86 Nate you were born in 87 yeah. yeah So we were way too young To really appreciate Van Halen And this era And it's prime So therefore We were you know We were all exposed differently uh, Through music at the house Through our siblings Through our parents uh, The same here You know My dad that and I jump A tape I talked about that Joe you talked about Your brother with the videos Nate you talked about Your dad playing a lot of the songs And 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 jamming a lot of stuff. I know what you guys are going to say. Where did you guys first hear Dreams?
1: Power Rangers. Power
2: Rangers.
1: (laughs) I don't think that's the same for me. I really, again, this was one of the albums, Heavy Rotation, when I was little, little. These these songs are deep in there. Dreams is one of those songs that, you know, maybe Power Rangers is one of the first times I, like, was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah you know ah, but um dreams i'm just going to jump right into it you guys go for it i love this song so much it is what i would consider the sleeper hit on the album because yeah it's it's a it is it was a um a single and it did get radio play a lot
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but i think it gets far surpassed by the other songs that were released as singles on this album i uh, got buried it does. It definitely does. So this is one of those ones going back to listen through. I was like, oh, I'm stoked. I get to just jam dreams right now because it's and actually this morning. I, I, I wit, like you guys don't hear my inner monologue because no one can hear like the inner things that are happening in your brain. I <laughs> woke up this morning and as I was getting shit ready, I was just like hearing dreams in my head, you know? Because that chorus is so catchy. The synth in the song is super cool. When mm-hmm. it jumps into the solo, which again, talking Eddie's ability to take a um, a synth sound and go, oh, I'm going to turn it now into this awesome guitar solo. And you're like, holy fucking yeah, bro. <laughs> Do more of that. Do more of that, Eddie, please. Um, yeah. Although he can't now. Anyways, um, <laughs> <I, laughs> times have re- passed. I had to make some levity of a joke. It's sad. It's real. It's yeah, well, sad. Yeah, yeah, but I will say his kid is about to release a new album,
0: mm-hmm. and, he, and he's going really? on tour. He's going on tour with uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you okay. know, big props to Wolfgang, and uh, you know a lot, a lot of good things going on over there in that world. And also, um, a lot of you know, since we're talking about Sammy, Sammy has been uh, very candid that he and Eddie uh, were not on good terms for a long time, and then right before he passed, like that year. Uh, I don't know if he texted Eddie or, or something, and he just, like, they linked back up, and they started talking through text, and uh, Sammy's like, I am so glad, so glad we got to have good terms. Because he, he, Sammy knew he was, or uh, knew, knew he knew Eddie was fighting, but he did not know how bad it was until he, right. he, he heard just, like, along with all of us that he had passed, and he's like, he's like, I don't know in my personal life how I would feel having him pass and not having that um, closure or having that, you know, he's, he's like to, to have it in that way. He's like, he's like, that would have bothered me for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of my yeah, life. You
1: would have had guilt and, mm-hmm. and on th- things are left unfinished and unsaid,
0: you know, and then also Wolfgang said that he had finally talked his dad into a big, huge best of both worlds tour, getting Sammy on, getting Dave on, getting Mike on, Anthony and he's like and and, and and Eddie's like no no you gotta play bass he goes I'll play bass on on the on the album I played bass on if we play songs from that I'll play that he's like you need to have he's like why can't we do this he goes I know that there's egos and I know that he's like but the fans deserve this yeah he's
1: like so, do you think Wolfgang would ever like try to while the remaining members are alive do mm, that though as, uh, as
0: opposed to his dad I, I, th- I think he said he goes it's too soon to talk about tributes he goes tribute is one thing he goes as like a one-off type deal, probably could happen. He goes, but to try and capitalize and do like a whole tour, probably not. He goes like, because well, yeah. like, nobody can replace Eddie. He's like, nobody. He's like, there's a lot. There can be a lot of imitators, but there's only one innovator in and in, in that respect. So it's like, you know, sure. and, and Sammy, uh, Sammy and Dave, absolutely, one hundred percent hate each other. Like, I. That like that is that is fire and ice right there. Yeah. <laughs> like like there's... so you
1: have one on one side of the stage, <laughs> yeah. one on the other side of the would stage. You, you have would Dave you, their you own say... separate call managers. Okay, you're would, you uh, would you say Dave's on fire?
0: <laughs> <laughs> is Sammy's cool as ice I had, sipping I had on had that si- I had... si- sipping down there a couple of while. But anyway, Dreams Joe, what do you gotta say?
2: Uh, I, not much just like you. Um, uh, I mean the actual first time I heard it was, you know, on the, the very bust of the you know, volume one, but I mean like the most thing I remember was the, the
0: movie, the Power um, Rangers movie, which was nine years after this came out by the way. Right. which is very yeah. interesting because that's when they're all like, like, uh, parachuting with the surfboards or, or, uh, mm-hmm. snowboards and you're just like, they're flipping all around, and they're just like yeah, you have this they're montage. They're
1: in their ninja gear. No, 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 right. no,
0: no, no! This is the very beginning of the movie, very beginning oh, when yeah, they're just yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and right. I think it plays again at the end, maybe mm-hmm. when they're doing the fireworks. Because
2: that's, that's, that's the part I remember it from. Okay. That's the main part I remember.
0: Um, but I
2: mean, I, I still I really enjoyed the song though. Um, I I, I really appreciated Sammy's really strong vocals on that. It, oh yeah, uh, it, it's definitely one that I think got buried. Lost in the weeds. Uh, he really he,
0: he brings it vocally on this song.
2: He does.
0: It's so good.
2: That, that's yeah. That's that's all I got. I mean, what do you got like, for a I, rank, like,
0: Joe? Eight point five. Eight point five. Nate. Eight point seven five. Nine point five. Okay. From myself nice. there. So summer nights. Uh, Summer Nights is the next song. Catchy opening riff. And the next one I have is "Huh," because there's, there's a big uh, oh! in in this song. Uh, bass fills the and the mix. It, sometimes the bass, uh, we you know we've talked about it. Like you don't really notice Michael a lot. Michael plays a lot of just standard bass. Every once in a while, he gets to shine a little bit in the mix, and I feel like he kind of he kind of shines through here. I also wrote, sounds like it would be in a 90s montage video. Like a big kind of a dis- the thing going on. And yeah. it, it has a very catchy chorus. And that's pretty much all I wrote. Good song.
1: I'll uh, take the lead on this one. Go Summer Nights, man. Uh, great guitar work. I think the intro's dope. It's Eddie just by himself kind of playing and having fun. The band kicks in. It's some punch. The vibe is cool. I think really there's probably three when I really, really think about it. this song. Also, very easily could have opened the album, and I think people would have been like, oh shit, we are in a new era. This is brave. It has a little bit of the old still in it. But I mean, Sammy starts very soft in his voice, and he's just kind of chumming along. And as the song picks up, he brings his energy into a point where it's infectious and you're like, fuck, I want to go party and like be outside and Mm -hmm. on the beach right now in the middle of the summer, no matter it could be winter. And I'm hearing this song. It puts you (laughs) in that space, which really a great songwriter will know how to do encapsulate a moment for you to to feel it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this song is all about build. They build up to that chorus and then pop you. Yep. And it works really well. Uh, I again, I'll say this is definitely one of the songs could have could have taken the lead for the entire album, and people would have been like, I mean, th- envision this. Let's go to 1986. The anticipation is there. We talked about it. You just get the cassette because you don't have a CD player. You can't afford that shit yet. You get your cassette of 5150. You pop it in, and it kicks with fucking summer nights on the radio. As you're listening on the radio and you're like, oh, my God, this is so meta. And fu-. you don't even know what meta is at that time because it's not even a fucking word. But, like, it's so cool and real, you know. It would, it would. I mean, think, being a kid in that era would have been amazing. And, of course, hearing it later in the album is cool. But, man, to to mm-hmm. to kick off with that. I mean, the only thing you would lose there kicking that off with is what then do you do with good enough and or get up. Put it later in the album where it's going to be forgotten about more.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like this song is kind of a sleeper. You know, if there is one of those sleeper again, uh, yeah. if there is one of those sleeper songs that we've talked about, I, I, I think this one is probably it. Uh, this is
2: my sleeper right here is for it? sure. This is definitely my sleeper song for the album. But uh, like, actually, I'm gonna read note for note, like what I wrote originally when we first listened to this album. Uh, for me, this is I, I wrote like probably not a song I'll remember <laughs> much moving forward, but I still enjoyed the song not really anything grabbing my attention, but then I kept going back and refreshing myself on this album. Like kind of what you talked about when we haven't done this for a while, you kind of keep going back, keep going back and listening and listening. And I found myself like you and I'd be working together at work and I'd be, I'd be going over this song in my head, the beginning of it. um, And then, and then hot summer nights. And then I found myself, like singing or humming to this song more than any in the rest of the album. And I kept going back, kept going back and just like dug more into the song, the, the more time we had, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, but that, for me, this was like the definite sleeper. Like I originally had this as a five, just cause it's like, eh, you know, it's all right. It's cool. I guess, whatever. But like I said, it was infectious. Sure. It, it got stuck. It actually ended mm-hmm. up getting stuck in my brain and I kept going over it and kept going over it. And then like literally like yesterday, I was just kind of on the drive home. I was listening to the album through again. And I actually listened to this the most. I kept repeating it because I couldn't, I didn't want to stop listening to it. And then like, damn it. Okay. So I actually had to adjust my ranking on this. One.
0: <laughs> I feel Pucked like, up a couple months. I feel like if you, which you do, Joe, but I don't know what, if you guys would play something like this. If you had a cover band th- that you were going to play a Van Halen song, this would be a great one to do. Yes, um, I actually,
2: I actually told them a few days ago that I want to do this song. So
0: I think it would be great because it's unexpected, and most people aren't really going to know. Oh, this is Van Halen. You right. know, I mean, you, right. you diehard rock and roll fans. Oh, this is the, Oh, I remember this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be like, you know, you're not pulling from the cream of the crop. You're pulling from, like, like one of the, like, as as we said, one of the sleepers. So, yeah, yeah. awesome song here. What'd you give it, Joe?
2: It. I, I actually went from a 5 on this all the way up to a, a 7.5.
0: 7.5. Quite the climb. Quite the climb. Got a oh, couple dude, points.
2: It, like I said, it was infectious. It just kind of grew on me as, mm-hmm. a, as the more <laughs> I listened to it.
1: All right. And Nate. Wow, Joe and I are actually close in rank for the first time in like 17 goddamn episodes (laughs) Uh, on any one song. uh, A 7.25. I also really enjoy this tune. I gave this song an 8. We're all right there.
0: We're all right Mm -hmm. there. Right about there, yeah. So the next song is the song I would have start the album.
1: This is unequivocally the absolute definite, just for the message alone. Yes. No, like, I can see that
0: Get Up would be a good one to start off with the energy Van yeah. Halen if you're going to go that route Good Enough I guess is good enough to start the album <laughs> I mean uh, to be fair it's probably not the best one but it, it, but it's good enough it, I'm not going to nitpick about it but if you're going to send them a direct 100% message of a new sound yeah, best of both worlds would be it I got a question for you guys because this is like you know, I don't have a lot to say about this song. It is a good song, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of the songs that I that I really identify with the Hagar era. You know, this is the song that gets pulled from this, and yeah, this one was the sing, was was a single as well. Yeah, was this the last? Yeah, the this last was the, single. Yeah, last single. Um, best of both worlds to me. When I first heard this riff, I'm like, does this sound ACDC ish to you? Yes. And also, there's a few other riffs Definitely. here and there that a little ACDC-y is. You know, like it's almost like Eddie was like, man, what would Angus Young do here? Or, or what would Malcolm yeah. Young do here? And it's not 100% like just straight up, you know, copy and paste from ACDC, but there's some flavor here. And that is the one thing that I took from this. Sammy's on point here, once again, on vocals. I feel like if there's one thing that I could say about this album... It's a very strong showing from Sammy coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is consistent throughout the whole album. He is great. Some of these songs, you know, they go like this a little bit. This one's a little worse. This one's a little bit better. This one's yeah. really good. But overall, that is something that I notice among my ranks for the most part, from this album and the next album, uh, not, not as a complete spoiler, but there's more consistency. Whereas if you look back on some of the ranks that we've had from um, prior albums in this set, you'll have a really good song and then you'll have a dip. Oh dip. yeah,
2: you have like the extreme high and then you'll just sing.
0: Boom. And you know, and then it's like, you yeah. know, lost control. It's like they lost control of the record, oh, you know. God. So That's it's crazy. like but here, best of both worlds, I feel like you have the opening, big single, get up, dreams, big smash, awesome sound. Summer nights continuing on, and I feel like they continue that on here with best of both worlds. Uh I feel like they they stay constant for me. Like it it, it is good quality, good song. Yeah. Maybe not the best song you've ever heard from Van Halen. But it's solid. It, solid. Really good. So Joe, we'll start with you. What do you guys say about I, Best?
2: Well, that's the the A C D C thing is hilarious because exactly that's what I have written. I like <laughs> it's got an A C D C vibe. Almost with a little bit of Billy Gibbons ZZ Top influence. Oh, yeah, just yeah, the drivingness of it. You got you got the Angus Young, like you know what would Angus do kind of feel, but also like you get oh, not like me sharp dressed man like just a really ZZ Top esque drive to it. Just there's nothing. It's not up and down. It's just a straight through solid you know song, and. I mean that's really all I got about it, but it's it's still solid. Like less is more. Yeah. What, why
1: you gotta
0: you know fix what ain't broke? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. How about you, Nate?
1: Okay, so um, I I kind of agree uh, the the whole ACDC uh, sentiment. You you can kind of get that, um, but Eddie's way more sophisticated than Angus. So while it has the simplicity there, yeah, he yeah. is able to add frills and little doily dudes or whatever you want to call them absolutely make it so uniquely van halen that you're just like yes Mm -hmm. now to talk on lyrics you know this definitely to lead the album off would have been huge you're saying right here and i get it 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 actually has total lyrical different connotation but yet again the image and what you're putting out there is look we are still the, the exactly the same thing you just saw And we are also exactly the same thing you saw when you saw Sammy Hagar play live, but now you get the best of those things. Now, interestingly enough, the term, the best of both worlds has shifted massively in the connotation of Van Halen because now that has been used to signify the best of both eras, your Van Halen and your Van Hagar. Um, So I I think this could have been a killer lead. I think it does a lot of great things. Solo's cool. There's some neat dropouts in the music that are fun. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is, again, with Sammy and how he's singing. He's quick to bring you in with these really soft, palatable vocals where you're coming in. But when you get to the chorus of Best of Both Worlds, what's one thing you can, without question, say? he's got some David Lee Roth squeals in his voice when he's doing that chorus. And it's definitely like subtly influenced. And you're like, Oh damn, he is still paying homage to that era. So again, and all in the subtlety, all in what the, the bigger picture is, they did such (laughs) a fantastic job. Um, This song for me is an eight. That's my rank. How about you, Joe? Uh,
2: seven, five, man.
0: 7.5. I gave it an eight. Exact same rank as Nate. Um, the next song is also a single. It was the th- third single, Love Walks what, In.
1: What was the date released of that third single?
0: July 23rd, 86. July. Where were you in July 23rd, 86?
1: January, February, 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 March. Hey, you guys, <laughs> Love Walks In is probably why I'm born. <laughs>
0: Literally.
1: <laughs> July of eighty six, August, September, October, November, December, <laughs> January, <laughs> February, March, and April. Nine months later, Nate walks
0: in. <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> man! <laughs> uh, okay,
0: that's absolutely nice. great. I don't have a lot to say about this. This is a ballad. Um, I I wrote nineteen eighty four is back. The synth is like this. Is like if you were, yeah. if you like that eighty four sound. Here it is in all its glory. It's radio-friendly. It's catchy. uh, The the vocals, the the harmonies are all here. Um, It's pretty straightforward, but also, like I said, still consistent with its quality. I feel like going from Dream, Summer Nights, Best of Both Worlds, Love Walks In, It is almost a straight line for me. There isn't a dip here for me. And I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say about it. We'll start with Nate, since you literally walked in after this song.
1: I mean, listen, uh, it's, it's also funny to say this. Any CD love mix I have ever made ever to any girl in the existence of my life, <laughs> this song is on. Love Walks In is a very powerful track, genuinely. in the message of the lyrics and the punch of the emotion of the song... Um, I think this is probably one of the first songs that when I was a little, little kid, I was like, damn, that's so beautiful. Like how can music, this thing that I didn't understand be that? Cause it's, it's got the synth and the poppiness of the eighties. It has the emotion of a love ballad. It has the seriousness of a dramatic, you know, piece of music and still maintains lightness and heart Mm -hmm. and has a realness that you connect back to again, through the lyrics. And this, Shows again why somehow, some way, Van Hagar to me is the superior. And I know we're going to have this argument until we finish the series. But mm-hmm. like this again shows that when they went to this maturity level, when they upped their game into looking at things differently and speaking from more real emotional places in their lives, they hit home runs. This is a fucking home run. And the shocking thing is, if you look at the Spotify stats on this song, it has been played a third, almost a fourth of the amount of times that Why Can't This Be Love has been played and argue, I mean, just in the argument, I think this is the better love song, you know? So that's my thoughts on Love Walks In. How about you, Joe? Uh, I don't have much on it. Like
2: you know, this this is a song I've heard several times over the years. Um, you know, like yeah, I, I get the synth thing, I dig it, but eh, you know, it, it wasn't one of my favorite sappier songs. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the synth that didn't really do it for me. It just didn't really grab my attention. It's not one that I just wanted to play. It's not one I want to skip necessarily. It's not mm-hmm. one like I hear it, I'm like, ah, I don't give a crap about this. But it's not one I'm gonna constantly. Go and repeat and listen to it over again. Uh, I think it's just one of their mediocre ones. I just that wasn't really that into it.
0: That is definitely the tale of two different worlds there. So, uh, Joe, would you rank it?
2: Uh, I gave that one a six. Still That's a solid. Six.
0: Game. Solid. All right. And Nate, nine point five. Nine point five from Nate. I gave it an eight because, as I said, it's pretty straight line. I feel like it. I don't feel like the quality dips. Until you get to this next song. My opinion. The title track, 5150, has a long intro, a minute and nine seconds until the vocals kick in. And I like the verse riff. (sighs) That's kind of it. It's okay. It's not bad. I feel like it's, it's, it's decent. But it's a little bit of a step down from what we've heard so far. I don't, Dislike it. I, I want. To, I want to just reiterate that if this isn't like a, a drop off like we've had in the past. I feel like, uh, this song still stays there for the most part, but I feel like we've had quite a run, of like four songs in a row that are just popping, really good in my opinion, and then we kind of hit fifty one fifty. So then, uh, I'm, I'm gonna toss it on over to Joe next. What do you got for fifty one fifty?
2: I like you said. I don't have much to. There's nothing really just like makes you scream about this song. Even for a title track, mm-hmm. you're kind of hoping there'd be more, you know. And like you said, you could ride pretty high on these last few songs, and then we're talking about you, you're you're up on that peak, and then there's the drop off. Um, and I kind of feel like this was like kind of the drop off for the album, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a terrible song, but it's not the greatest.
0: Sure i agree
2: and like i don't like half the stuff I, this is one of those ones i i made myself go back and listen to because i'd always forget it <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm like okay this isn't grabbing my attention but i was like just homework wise i needed to go back and refresh myself on mm-hmm. this one specifically and i still forget half of it so it's just like you know
0: uh, see, that's kind of the thing that like when you're going through and you're ranking each song on an album that's not something that a lot of general listeners do you'll 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 listen to the whole album at least once and then you're going to pick out your favorites and you're going to go back to those consistently and it won't be yeah. until some a lot of people don't even ever go back to them but if you really like the band you might go back to it uh some years later mm-hmm. but um
2: that's the hard part is i have to force myself not to go back so much to the ones i initially liked and mm-hmm. the ones that i initially just didn't care to hear again but i'm like well yeah, I need to know what I'm listening to. What didn't I like? And I need to, you know, be able to pick a part. <laughs> Otherwise, cool. the other ones, I'm like, oh yeah, I love this part. That's easy to remember the stuff you loved about a song. And then but you, the it,
0: stuff- but but then you have an issue like Summer Nights where you're like, oh crap, I really like this song. You know, yeah. so going back to it does have its, you know, benefits. Its benefits, you know? yes. But uh, sometimes you are just reaffirmed <laughs> why, yeah. why you didn't yeah. like something. Nate, yeah. what, what do you guys say about Fifty One Fifty?
1: I think this is a song that was, you know, Warner Brothers said, Hey, you don't have enough tunes? And they had some demo and they said, It's good enough. And yeah. they said, No, you already wrote that song. <laughs> I like, Fine, I got this other other one. What mm-hmm. should we name it? I don't know. Well, we're the future. We're the future. We're not the past. We're not nineteen eighty four. Well the future's in like fifty one fifty. No, that's a cop sign for crazy Sure, it fucking works I don't know, okay See, there, it makes no sense Nothing about this song makes any sense I hate it, I'm not a big fan I ranked it hilariously That's all I have to say I gave 51.50 a 5.15 <laughs> Very nice uh...
0: <laughs>
2: Joe?
0: <laughs> I Five. I gave it a seven. I guess I liked it a little bit more than you guys. It's okay. Um, just to be, just to. Uh, and all jokes aside, uh, Eddie named his studio Fifty One Fifty, which is named wow. after a California law enforcement term for a mentally disturbed person, in reference to Section Fifty One Fifty of California Welfare and Institutions Code. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That's
1: actually what I was saying. Talking about being a crazy person. That's why I said that. (laughs) Uh, Because I actually did know why it was named 5150. Again, this album, I grew up with it in my house. I quite know a lot about it because my dad was a music junkie. So, uh, yeah. um, Does your dad prefer? Which
0: one does he prefer? Does he prefer Hagar era or does he prefer Roth era?
1: Let's have a nice long conversation about that. Because he is... The best of both worlds.
2: Because ah.
1: he, my dad's a music fan, you guys. He likes the music. If it hits him, it's good. That's all that matters. It sure, not matter sure, sure. who wrote it. Yeah, And, you know, I think at the time he might have been, you know, uh, one of the few people that really believed in what was happening because long before he was a fan of Van Halen, he loved Montrose. My dad fucking – another album that I grew up with, fucking Montrose first album with Rock Candy and shit. Like, that, again – I remember. I remember when I was a little bit older, and I, we were talking. Me and my dad one time were talking about Van Halen, and he just said, "Well, you know, I could tell that they were going to be amazing because listen to this." And we would go back and listen to the Mantras, and I was like, "Man, you can see what he was doing here, that informed how he became a legendary singer for Van Halen." And you know what's crazy? Regardless of if he would have jumped ship and joined Van Halen, Sammy Hagar was destined for an amazing career. Sure. Some of these songs could have just ended up being Sammy Hagar solo songs if he didn't join that band. So the fact that they were like one of the first genuine supergroups is amazing. Um, And I think my dad really appreciated that and and was like, hey, look, all my favorite things are. And it's like the best fucking sandwich.
0: Well, right. Well, because, I mean, what you really had was a good like combination of songwriting with Eddie and Sammy. You know, and 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 to be fair, Eddie had that same uh, kind of relationship with Dave as well. Like where they meshed and they wrote good songs. Man, they wrote good songs. It's not it, you know, it, it it's not always just like one guy can just write all this stuff and be, be be this whole songwriter. Eddie was a great team player and he was a great genius in his own right. And where where, where he like, um, where he meshed well with everybody, and it, it shines. It shines on this record. It, it shines on 84. It, where it shines, it shines. Just like you said, it doesn't matter who wrote it as long as it, as long as it hits you. Um, but the last song, Inside, doesn't hit me. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to say, when, you have a, when we talked about drop-off, I feel like the drop-off is here. I like the bass intro. The talking and silliness is back. It is my least favorite track on the entire album. But it gets points. For the, for, for...
1: Did you give 5150 a rank, by the way?
0: I gave it a 7. Okay. Yeah. I said I liked it just a little bit more than you guys. Uh, for Inside, it gets points. For the music, not the vocals, just uh, li- li- just listening to the music and the bass. It reminds me that it could be in a Sonic the Hedgehog game.
1: Ah. I thought I... video game, too. That's not what I thought. It's like character select screen <laughs> for some sort of fighter. Um, doom, 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 doom. I had a real
2: NES Arch Rivals feel to this.
0: That's funny because like there's a song on the next album yep. that, <laughs> that also <laughs> sounds like it could be a video game track to me. Um, but that's just my opinion. Inside doesn't really get a whole lot of love from me other than that. I I, I remember when I first was ranking it right before we were going to do the last episode and was really surprised with how much I was enjoying this record. And then you, you had Love Walks In, 5150, like, oh, okay, this was, yeah, well, all right. Uh, and then this song hit, and I'm like, oh, that's what they ended the album on? Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say. We'll start with Nate. What do you got to say about Inside?
1: I'm going to shock everybody. I really love this song, like, quite a bit. Uh, I think that the, the poppy, ba-doop, ba-doop, Bad, bo, bad, bo, bad, oh, bad, oh. It's cool with the bass. I got really heavy Pink Floyd vibes from parts of this song, which is where I really I think resonated with what I liked about it. But and this goes back to again, best of both worlds. I hear Dave again, mm-hmm. I, and a lot of what they did here. It, it I I part of me like again when I'm ranking, I try to put myself in the room. What was happening when they decided to write this song or whatever? And this seems like maybe it was carryover from the Dave Air. they had this song, the music, and they said, you know, we're trying to do something that was kind of Dave-esque mm-hmm. with like the, you know, how we did Hot for Teacher and some of our other songs. where We've done some of the talky fun stuff, but this song's a little deeper and more serious. So maybe we could, you know, play a little bit of two things together here. And honestly, this might have been one of the first things they jammed when they ad- told Sammy to come in. Like, if you can make this song work on the album, we'll make any song work. And he was like, well, I guess I'll turn chicken shit into chicken salad. And and I think he did. I think this has, like, again, you got to think, this song does a great job of being a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Start slow. You're boop, 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 ba along, going up, 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 boop, 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 ba <laughs> And then and then the it, 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 it goes like this and then it gets really chunky and then it jumps back up and slows down and then and, and, and musically that's kind of a brave thing to do to pull back and forth and and be hodgepodge about it I guess is how I want to say that so I really like this song I'm gonna be the unexpected guy here I gave it a 7.25
2: Joe uh yeah, for me, it was, it was all about that bass riff. I really like the bass riff. I think everything else about the song was actually pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if it wasn't for that, I would have given it a lot lower rank. But I, I'm not even kidding. Like, uh, listening to it initially, like we, you were talking about the, the the video game vibes, and but I couldn't quite figure. I was like, I know I've heard a bass riff similar to this. So, like, literally before we started re- uh, doing the episode. I looked up the intro, I looked up the theme for, for our Rivals, you know, the old basketball game from the, the old Nintendo era, you know, oh, yeah. and it's, it's not, you know, it's obviously the exact same, but it's similar. It's like close. And I'm like exactly where I've heard that from. It's like, <laughs> so it's like nostalgia as shit, but, uh, uh, but like literally the only reason I gave it like any kind of a higher rank, and it's still not a high rank. It's, it's still mediocre. I still like the song, but other than that, the bass riffs, the only thing that saved it for me, I, I gave this one a six.
0: Uh six I gave this one a five point five okay. I really don't have uh yeah I have nothing else to add so yeah, so, so that wraps up all the ranks for for fifty one fifty are you are you interested to hear the
1: breakdowns so always, that's the best part of the show. How did I rank it How did you rank it? where did we rank them overall and where does it stand in our building blocks of van Halen
0: well, uh Brando. Ranked this a 7.8 So that's what that, that, that was my average rank Nate gave it a 7.6 And Joe gave it a 7.2 Oh so
1: are alright Kind of in there
0: With a master rank of 7.5 So right Kind of like right there in the middle Uh, The lowest ranked song on the album Was 5150 with a 5.7 And the highest ranked song On the album was a tie they both got the exact same score for, with on, on average with all of us giving different uh, kinds of ranks. So, uh, that would be Why Can't This Be Love and Dreams with an 8.9. Huh. Um, so, where does it lay within the overall? Uh, as, 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 I, as I said, 5150 got a 7.5. So, this puts it at number... Two,
1: wow! I said three. I yeah. thought it was definitely going to be behind two of those first. Hades, so, but okay.
0: 1984 for us was an 8.9, boosted up by yeah, <laughs> boosted up by Joe. <laughs> definitely, definitely boosted it up a little bit.
1: 8.9 asterisk.
0: Yeah, but I put an asterisk anyway. Um, but no, the number three is the was the de- debut album. Uh, Van Halen yeah. with seven point 7.2, if you want to average that or round it up. But then you have um in there uh then after that would be Fair Warning, I believe, at six point yep. at, at six point six eight. You have Diver down, six point five eight, and then women and children first is a six point one seven and Van Halen two at six point zero. So fifty one fifty bringing it. I feel overall this album is very consistent. It it, it is very palatable and interesting where we're going to be going because um the next album OU812 I feel is a progression from this even. Uh you know, I mean cuz you have 86 and and OU812 is like what 88. So uh yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where we kind of line up for that one when, when we get there. But we're not there yet. We're going to wrap this episode up, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rank 'Em All, Van Halen Edition. Once again, thank you, Nate, for coming on the yeah, show. Yeah, uh, we're back. Yeah, yeah, for coming back to the show for 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 trying to wrap up this series of Van the Halen. greatest
1: hiatus.
0: <laughs> the greatest hiatus. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely was a hiatus for sure, and uh, we're looking to get back into the swing. Of course, to you guys, this is just hey, this is the next week. But for us, it's I, I've been out of practice podcasting. I don't know if, if you noticed in the Same. very yeah in the very intro, I tried to try to pull it together, and I'm like I, I had an idea of how I was going to start the show, and I started the show and went I didn't start the show the way I was going to start the show, <laughs> so I had to bring it back in. But Joe, thank you once again for coming back. I know you've been busy too. You're selling your dang house. I am, brother. Selling your dang house. And so it's like, if it's not one thing, it, it's another. You know, for for once, I feel like the one guy just sitting here, and go, Where is everybody, man? I'm available. <laughs> 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 All right. I guess I'll just sit here and do something, to, to play a video game. <laughs> but no, guys, it's been awesome to go down this journey, this Van Halen journey, because, you know, this, this just, you know, Confirming that I love this band more than what I thought I did, you know, e- even through the songs that I don't necessarily care for, there's a lot of stuff here to love, and I can't wait to dive into the later albums because the band's going to grow, the, uh, the 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 sound is going to change. You know, I've already dabbled a little bit uh, before we even started doing rank 'em rank all into some of the '90s stuff that was just a little bit different, so I'm anxious to actually dive in really deep and uh, rank those.
1: Well, and you got to think too when we get to Balance, which is I think isn't that um, was three was Eddie Ma- was Van Halen three the Return of Roth or wasn't that until a different kind of truth? That's
2: a different kind of truth.
1: Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Van so, Halen three
0: so, was the extreme singer. Uh, is it, That's right. What's Gary his name? Sharon? Yeah. Nuno
1: Bentoncourt? No, that was the guitar player. Sharon. Yes. Uh, okay, so no Balance is uh, Sammy's last album. Yep. However, it's not his last song with the band. Yeah. So I don't know if we've mentioned it here, but we will be also ranking the singular track, Humans Being, from the Twister soundtrack, because it has a very large piece of the Van Halen story that it involves. Uh, so yep. when we get there, don't uh, don't forget that we're also going to be rocking that out for you folks. But I think that's it. Brando, we got anything else to, to let them know? We could, well, we got to let them know where to find the
0: podcast, to find us in all those oh, glorious shit, places yeah. on the in, on the interwebs. So, That's on
1: Apple Music, Podbean, yeah. Spotify, yep. Google mm-hmm. Play uh, Podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, Castbox, TuneIn. Just search Rank Them, Rank Them All, not Rank Them All. See, I fucked up. <laughs> <like them. laughs> it's been so long since you've been on the show, you don't remember the name of the <laughs> show. <laughs> ah, yeah. I fucked up. Uh, rank Them All, also Rocks. Rank Them all. Rocks. That thing. On the interwebs. Just go onto your web browser that you use and search on your phone wherever. You, you might have it. to
0: type www. I've been having issues where I even when I type if I don't type www. It's like what's this? But when I type it, it just takes you to rankemall.rocks that rocks. I'm not sure about that. Maybe I have to set up like a like a shortcut or a redirect. One of those integral behind the scenes bullshit.
1: We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. But we're there. Just find, just rank them all. We're there, man. We're on. We're also on YouTube, where you find the video versions, where you get to see all I of forgot our, that one. You get to see Nate doing the doop 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 and sitting here, and he's juking and jiving over there. And it was actually, it was making, it was cracking me up a little bit. Uh, but no, we you know, we put a lot of effort into this show. Of course, we want to shout out also um, as we record this. Of course, we recorded this at different inter- like at different intervals. Uh, shout out to the you know you know to Nick Maxon and and Dick Tyner and the you know. BT Bam guys, the, the they did a whole uh, troop and, and, and project of their own that is now currently being released as as, as we record this. So really great stuff going on over there. And the greatest thing is that we have so many awesome people who have jumped on board to be a part of this great little idea and project uh, to just enjoy and spread the love of music. And um, that that's just a great thing to be a part of.
1: Absolutely.
0: With that being said, it's time to get on out of here. I need to go do some stuff around the house. That is not the best of both worlds, but it will be good (laughs) enough. (laughs) It'll be good enough. And I'll probably
1: be stuck inside for the rest of the day. (sighs) Even on the summer night later.
0: The summer night? Ah. Well, last night, in all candidness, love walked into this door. Hey, too uh, much. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was and a little bit of a. Yeah, uh, well, no, it would It Yeah, it not dream, but Gee, uh, but I, I did I, get.
2: I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering from playing my show last night, and I'm not, you know, naturally wired. Oops.
0: Ooh, too hey, soon. hey, wait, wait. That's the next album. No, see, last Oops. night love walked in, and I got up. So,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that was good enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, it better have been. I didn't phone it in. So until next time, guys, we've been rank them all. And uh, we'll see you then on OU812. Later on, guys.